This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Welcome back on the Block presented by Burdick Toyota. Great to have you here. Let's do that, Hawk. Our next guest, uh, once an intern on this radio program now, doing his thing on NBC Sports. He's doing that hockey. He's doing the Olympic coverage. You can see him on NFL coverage, Notre Dame football, and so much more. Make sure you give him a follow on Twitter as well. Liam McHugh back on the block, ESPN Radio. Liam, what's happening, man? What's happening? I think you got me on my uh, one day off in the month of April. Wow. So I'm feeling good. The sun's shining, not freezing. The sun. Spring feels like it's here. I have horrible allergies. So see, uh, spring the- is definitely here. Uh, Mr. Burns' plan to block out the sun is working here in Syracuse. I don't know if, uh, apparently it's not working where you are. You have the sun. You see the sun. This must be nice. We have the sun. So I'm at the playground of your kids shrieking their mind. More than likely, more than likely though, you're going to hear people just yelling Liam because I found out that basically every other kid is named Liam these days. And so I'm at the playground and my head is on a swivel because there's nothing but moms constantly, Liam. So what you're, what you should have said is these are the you know it's your one day off it's your one day in public these are your adoring fans these are your paparazzi out there but yes <laughs> yeah, at the playground yeah. yeah Liam is a very popular name so uh, head on a swivel there pal that's fantastic but I'm still coming on with you because. I'm a professional. You're the man. You're the man. We appreciate it. If it was my day off, my one day off, and there was sunshine, and you called me, I don't know if I'd have the same answer. So you're, you're a good man. Well, Charlie. to your point, though, I think what you're saying, you know, hinted at the idea that, let's face it, I think if you have a little kids, going to work is really your day off. Very true. Being, if you're home alone with the kids, that, that's the work day. That's, Very I mean, true. they're adorable, and they're great, but you're exhausted. That's work. Exactly. And it, not on the same level, Liam, but I now have a three-month-old puppy at home, and, and I was working from home today, and I was like, I want to go to the office. <laughs> because yeah. you can't get any yeah. work done. It's amazing how that goes. But, no, my family's trying to rope me into that. There is not a chance. No way. It, it, not at all. Stand firm on that. Puppies are cute, yep. but they also pee and poop in places you don't want them to, and, and they're all sorts of work, and they get up in the middle of the night. They're a lot like kids, so... Uh, that's a wise yeah, choice. Yeah, I got enough pee and poop in places I don't want. To. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, I don't know how I go from that to uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets being <laughs> the Capitals, but we shall try, my friend. What has stood out to you here? It's early. It's only a couple of games, but you know, in these first couple of days, uh, certainly there's been a lot of uh, rough action out there. There's been some yeah. high-scoring games, some low-scoring games, but what are the things that they grab you here in the first couple of days of the Stanley Cup playoffs? I think the first two things that stand out are uh, teams were right on the final weekend of the season to rest basically everyone, lay down, lose games, just in order to avoid the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that finished second in their division, finished with the 10th most points. Uh, Right away, they were obviously right to do that because they came out and destroyed the Philadelphia Flyers in their opening game. Sidney Crosby uh, looked phenomenal. The team... Looks like this is exactly what they've been waiting for all season, just to flip the switch and turn it on, and Matt Murray gets another shutout. So, uh, guess what? I mean, the team to beat, it's still the team to beat. It's Pittsburgh. And the other thing is really what you mentioned, which is the idea that uh, we've had a number of hits which were either borderline or just across the line, or, like Nazem Kadri, way over the line, which is incredible because of the message that the league has been sending over the last few years uh, about head safety, about 
the idea that you're going to lose money and you're going to get suspended if you hit high and you make the head the primary point of contact, and especially if it's an avoidable hit. And so I'm shocked at that. Drew Doughty already got the one-game suspension, which I thought was borderline, but it seemed like maybe he could have avoided the head. Nazem Kadri, if Drew Doughty, who had never been suspended before and is a superstar in this league, gets a game in the playoffs for what Nazem Kadri did uh, last night to Tommy Wingles, I mean, to me, it's three to five. Uh, it's it's got to be at least three. That was uh, it probably dirty. won't, but it should be. It was dirty, and playoff hockey can be intense and hard-hitting and, and all those things that make it great, but that, you don't want to see that. So I'll be curious to see what the league responds to that is, Liam. And, you know, you mentioned Pittsburgh and those traditional teams that you knew coming in would be great. What's so intriguing to me in this playoff is can, you know, you know Nashville was there last year and they're a step closer to it this year, and I picked them to win the Cup, by the way, so that's not weird anymore. But the Vegas Golden Knights not only dominate the regular season, but come in as a team that they can win this thing. They can not only get to the Stanley Cup, I think they can win it. It might be tough because it's just a first. It's a lot to ask a first-year team, but look, they proved they can win during the regular season. Why not here in the playoffs? I think you have to look at it that way. Uh, there was this idea that during the regular season, this was a great story. It would slow down, and we'd see a, an expansion team near the end. But it happened. Uh, they ran away with their division. Uh, greatest expansion team ever. Uh, I think regardless of sports, you have a team that was 500-1 to one at the beginning of the season to win the Stanley Cup, and then goes out and wins its division, wins the first game of the playoffs. They looked all season long like they belonged. They never looked out of place. They never looked like a team that was just pieced together. And in game one of the playoffs, they very much looked like this spotlight. It's not too bright for us. Uh, this is Vegas. We know how to put on a show. They did in the pregame. They went to the game. They played great. They, uh, they played against a team that can play suffocating defense, even though they're a speed team, Vegas. And they fit right in. So I think if you look at Vegas right now, they get a legitimate shot, not only because of the confidence that they have, the great home ice advantage, but they do have a shot also because of the division that they're in. And if they get past the Kings, there's a good chance that the Sharks and the Ducks are going to spend this entire round beating each other up. They could be spent by the next round. And even more importantly, I think is the idea that your team, Nashville, even if they cruise through here in the first round, it's going to be Winnipeg in round two. And Winnipeg is excellent. And not only are they very good at hockey, they are big and they are a nasty team and that's going to be one of those situations almost like last year if you remember when we had the Caps and the Pens playing in the second round two teams that easily could be in the Stanley Cup final our good friend Liam McHugh of NBC Sports live from the playground joining us here on ESPN Radio Syracuse a lot of uh, Tampa Bay Lightning uh, interest here with uh, the number of Syracuse Crunch players that are on that roster. And even last night, Liam, I'm watching that game and I'm hearing Yanni Gord and I'm hearing Alex Kalorn and I'm hearing like, every name that they said had come through Syracuse at some point. Palat, Tyler Johnson, all the names. But it just goes to show you what this team has built, the consistency that has been there over a number of years, both Norfolk and Syracuse as their affiliate. So now with Stamkos healthy... This, I, I don't know how to frame it because it's not like there's pressure on John Cooper or anything. Things are going great there. But at some point you have to say, man, when are you guys going to win this thing? Because they've been built to do it for really the past four or five years. It's funny. We've been talking about this uh, in the studio before and after coverage and, and during it to some extent, this idea that we saw this Tampa Bay team go to the final against uh, Chicago. And it seemed like after that point, like 
the idea was, well, can Chicago stick around for a while? Because let's face it, Tampa's going to be there. They're going to be either in the Stanley Cup final, winning the Stanley Cup, or right on the verge year in, year out. They're built for that. We're going to see this. Now, you had injuries. Certainly, Stamkos' injuries uh, derailed a lot of that. But now they're healthy. They're deep, as you mentioned. All the different guys that come up, they're young, they're deep. They added some veterans at the trade deadline, which I like. Uh, their goaltender, Vasilevsky, had an excellent season. But this is a team right now. It worked out well for them. They get uh, Jersey first round, uh, a team that I think is unbelievably top-heavy in that they have Taylor Hall. And then there's a massive drop-off in terms of scoring. He had 41 more points than anyone else on his team. So it's sort of like, well, attempt to slow him down, and you should be able to get through this series. They look good, but I think you're right. I think you have to start looking at Tampa right now where you have to go into the playoffs thinking it is Stanley Cup or it is a bust for us. It is a lost season if we are not in the final, and they're good enough. They should get there. Liam, uh, the Colorado Avalanche lost last night 5-2 uh, to two to Nashville, and we've seen mm-hmm. how good Nashville is, the buildup they have. They're you know, a great goaltender and everything. But the reason I want to bring up that game is I think the Colorado Avalanche – Give a little hope to Buffalo Sabres fans because Colorado went from being just dead last in the league to in the postseason. Despite the fact that Buffalo has had two awful teams in a row and have been bad the past few years, uh, they still have the number one rated market of hockey. And when the ratings come out, you know how passionate those fans are and that market is. So when are they going to get around to like giving them a good team? Is Colorado a good example of your time is coming here? Can Jason Bottrell build a playoff team in Buffalo? Well, Colorado's a fantastic example of the hope that every hockey team should have year in, year out, despite what happened the previous season. Because uh, really, the league's built that way. It's sort of built that if you can get into the playoffs, you get a chance to win it, which, let's face it, if you're in the NBA, and I love hoops, but you're the eighth seed in the NBA. It's like, well, that was nice. Like, really, if you just lost a few more games, maybe you'd be in the lottery and you'd be a lot better off because being one and done is really what eight seeds do there. In hockey, you got a chance to go all the way to the final like Nashville did last year. So if you could just be a contender, it would be great. The problem is Buffalo's been dead last three of the last five seasons. And then they get into the lottery, and they don't even win the lottery when they're supposed to. Uh, now, I think Jack Eichel's a terrific player. I think he's going to be face of a franchise for a long time. But it's sort of alarming that they just can't seem to get any momentum. Uh, but Colorado gives a team up because you're talking about a 47-point increase from the year before. I mean, they were the worst team in the league. They have a, they have a centerpiece in Nathan McKinnon. Uh, different game, though, than Jack Eichel, but certainly a guy you can build around. They both have cornerstone players. But Buffalo, the good news is this. Uh, they are going to have the best percentage to win the lottery. There's a can't-miss pick at number one. You don't have to think about it. You're just going to go and get him, and he's going to come in, and he's going to play. Uh, so that gives your team hope, and I think the other thing is that it's a young league right now. The guys have been able to come in, step in right away, and not just contribute, but be stars in this league. Like David, Matthews, and even, you know, of course, Patrick Line in Winnipeg. So, I don't know, man. I'm reaching. Buffalo, I love Buffalo. You know, I went to undergrad there. I, I would like them to be good. They're a tremendous hockey town, uh, but it's alarming what's happened really over the last five seasons. It really is, and it's time to see something. And I, I think Bottrell can do it. I saw what he did with Wilkes-Barre Scranton and, and helped that Pittsburgh Penguins team build the, the, the dynasty that they are now, and I don't hesitate to use that word. So hopefully he can bring a little of that magic 
to Buffalo in a tradition like no other, Liam. Uh, Evander Kane leaves Buffalo and scores two goals for the San Jose Sharks in the playoffs. So you look around the league, there's a lot of former Sabres doing big things in the postseason right now. So, oh, my God, you've got to burn that Evander Kane one. I was thinking about the folks in Buffalo last night, and my hope was like, oh, it's a late game and it's early in the playoffs. Maybe some of them turned their TVs off and didn't see this. No, and they could just know. get the alert on their phone and be angry at that point. Uh, but, yeah, he goes right out. He scored twice. San Jose's already got to win the playoffs. Uh, so it stings right now if you're a Sabres fan. So in your conversations in studio, and, and if you really had to boil it down, it what is a, a a kind of model Stanley Cup prediction that you think is coming out there, or are there predictions all over the place? You're seeing a ton of Nashville, which I get. I mean, you know, eight seed to Stanley Cup final to President's Trophy winner. Uh, you're seeing a lot of that. I've seen two for uh, Nashville and Tampa, which makes sense. Uh, the the odd thing to me is going into the uh, Stanley Cup, going into the playoffs, I did not see a ton of people predicting Boston. And I know they finished losing a few in a row, uh, but that's a team that played a lot of hockey over the last month and a half of the season. Uh, they had a bunch of games packed in at the end. They had, a bu- they had a ton of injury issues. They're healthy right now. They look great in game one. Uh, so I haven't seen as much in Boston uh, as I expected to. But you see a lot of that, and I'm actually seeing a lot of love for Columbus this year and a lot of love for Columbus to make a run and possibly get into the Stanley Cup final, which is amazing because you're talking about a franchise that has a 1-0 lead in a series. It is the first time they have ever had a lead in a playoff series ever. Wow. And people are picking them to go to the final. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, so uh, there's a lot of love right now for the Blue Jackets, and last night really showed why. I got to tell you, I my official, and it's on Twitter, so it must be true, my prediction was <laughs> Boston and Nashville, because I think Boston's the deepest team. They're the most experienced team. They've got the best first line, I think. Uh, you know, Maybe not, in, not only just the Eastern Conference, but maybe in the entire postseason. You know, goaltending is always something you kind of have to look at skeptically there because, you know, Tuka Rask can go up and down. But I like mm-hmm. the Bruins. I'm with you there. I, I like no, what they can bring I think to the it's table. a great call. Yeah. Uh, I love them. I, and I love, like, they, they get a nice balance of uh, youth and experience. I think they have the best top line in hockey. I don't even think it's even close. Uh, you have Bergeron, Marchand, and uh, Pasternak, three guys with 30 goals. And you have Bergeron who can play a full 200-foot game, and a guy like Marchand, I don't know if you saw the video last night, where, you know, he uh, towed the line again. He didn't hit anybody. Uh, there was no dirty hits, but he did get literally his face right up against a Toronto Maple Leafs face just to let him know, hey, I'm right here, basically whispering <laughs> in his ear, and I'm going to be here the whole time. But I also like the idea for Boston that, you know, this is a bit of an original six rivalry. You get Toronto, you get Boston, and I think if you – Get through this series intact. That is an enormous momentum builder for Boston. In fact, I looked at this series as the type of series that whichever team gets through, has a very good chance to make a deep run. Liam, can't tell you how much we appreciate your time, especially on your day off, my friend. Uh, air quotes, day off, because you got the kids. Yes. But uh, <laughs> enjoy the rest. Uh, well, of I'm it. back. I'm back to the swings and the seesaw, buddy. So go get them, my friend. We'll talk to you again soon. Of course, we'll be watching on NBC Sports. All right, sounds good. Take care, buddy. Thank you, Liam. That's our buddy Liam McHugh, NBC, as mentioned. You can see him on uh, Let's Do That Hockey. NFL coverage, Notre Dame football, the Olympics, and so much more. Once merely an intern on this program, now doing some great things on the NHL on NBC.